Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, this is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. You know, the win was, it, it was awesome. You know, it was a special feeling in that locker room, you know, because the Chiefs are, you know, one of those teams that we got to beat to get to where we want to be. So every time we play them, we know there's a little bit of extra, um, you know, I feel like extra meaning. Uh, there's bragging rights on the line. There's divisional, you know, uh, you know, divisional bragging rights, divisional standings, all that stuff. That all comes into play when we're playing them. And right now we're right in the mix, um, no matter what how you know how people feel no matter what people say we're still in the mix so we just gotta um you know show up with the right uh right mind state and and go out there and play good football just taking it one play at a time that's Raiders defensive end Max Crosby um talking yesterday uh, at the practice facility here in Henderson uh about playing the Kansas City Chiefs it's a big game it's a divisional rival um everybody understands that there's a lot at stake the Raiders are still alive uh the Raiders believe that I can I can assure you that they they believe that uh and they have to believe that until it's not possible you have to believe uh that you can do what you have to do to win enough games uh to to push your way in the playoffs that's just how you have to operate right now. There's no th- throwing up the white flag that's ludicrous, uh, and, and the Raiders aren't about to. And, and I truly believe that they're going to um, – I think that they're going to have a pretty decent performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if they're going to win, if it's going to be a good, good enough to win. Uh, but, I, you know, if they show up with the right frame, uh, uh, you know, mind frame, there's no doubt that they can compete against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and Lincoln um, – we always talk about this with the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're going to get to some sound here of Max Crosby talking about it, but the Kansas City Chiefs are masters at misdirection, screen passes, getting you to look one way when, in fact, um, something's happening, you know, completely uh, over there. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's, they call it eye candy. Max is going to talk about it here uh, in, in, in just a second. Um, advantage offense in that regard, because what you're basically doing is – tapping into the aggressiveness of a defense to go make a play and trying to play that against the defense, right? That's basically what you're trying to do when you when you do all the eye candy, when you do all the misdirection to try to take your aggressiveness and make it work against you. That's exactly right. That's exactly why I use counters and stuff like that. Um, and also you think about this. Well, you know going into the game, and, and Andy Reid, head coach of the Chiefs, knows this. People are going to be, especially on defense, going to be fixated on how to take Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey out of the the, the 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 equation. And so that's when you want to try to get the ball to – you're going to find creative ways to get the football to them, whether it's tunnel screens, jet sweeps, or stuff like that. You want to you want to use the, the defense's aggressiveness or the fact that they're, they're paying attention, so much attention to those players and, and go another direction. But, you know, and when the Raiders have had success against the Chiefs, it hasn't been a lot. I mean, last year's game in Kansas City – what the Raiders were able to do, even with that defense, the defense we had, and it's not far different than what we have now, um, they were able to generate pressure on Patrick Mahomes, get him to make costly mistakes, uh, a couple picks. But more importantly, they were able to strike with big plays down the field. 
Henry Ruggs was a big part of that. And as I said, there were times where everybody was jumping on trying to find Darren Waller. And, you know, Derek made a, had a great relationship or found a great chemistry, established a great chemistry with Henry Ruggs and big plays like the post route and the 50-50 ball he threw up that Henry went up and got. And that's what you have to take advantage of. You have to take advantage of one-on-one matchups. You got to get, the, the, conversely, on offense, you got to get your, the ball in your hands of your playmakers and sustain drives. Uh, the Raiders had the unfortunate the last time they played the Chiefs in Allegiant, uh, um, you know, having penalties that stop drives, you know, missing possessions, not able to con- you know capitalize on possessions to get points, um, and more importantly, on defense, they had a number of penalties that kept drives alive for the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs that got points. So, you know, it's got to be truly got to be almost a damn near perfect game on all three phases executing uh, in order to beat this team. Because as as you know, and you talked about it, we talked about it last hour. The Chiefs are riding high. They're 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 back in the thick of things when it seemed to think things were going to be lost. Uh, and that, that game, that first game that we had against them, didn't help them. I mean, it helped them. It didn't help us. Yeah, and you know, defensively, uh, it's all about discipline, not getting caught up in what the Chiefs want you to get caught up in. And here's Max Crosby uh, talking about that. Yeah, you know, they do. They have a lot of eye candy in their offense. They want you looking one way so they can come back with something. And, you know, just like you said, reverses, RPOs, all that, you know, all that stuff. They uh, they do a great job. You know, Coach, Coach you know, Andy Reid, he's, he's one of the best in the game. So he's always trying to mess up your rules. But, you know, Coach Marinelli preaches it all the time. It's about our keys, um, keeping your eyes where they're supposed to be, not looking in the backfield and things of that nature. You know, usually the O lineman is going to tell you what they're what they're doing on the play. So, just playing fast, reading your keys, and getting off the ball, um, all those things come into play. So we just got to you know do our job one at a time. Lincoln, usually an offensive lineman is going to tell you what's what's really happening, but not always, um, and that's going to mess with a defensive player um, because like like like. Like Max said, and it sounds easy, but it just isn't that easy. Um, it really isn't. But read your keys. Why is it so difficult sometimes for defensive players to just stick to that rule and stay confined to that? Defense rules? Come on now. <laughs> really? You, you but think, you no, know no, that there are. You know that there are. Yeah, they got rules. But, but, you know but a lot like of times, yeah, keys. I know what you're saying. It, yeah. it's, because you want to play at a high level, because you want to play fast, a lot of times, you know, your eyes can deceive you. You know, you could see a guy going down and think that the ball is going away, and then they, you know, run a reverse. He he's, he slips out. He he, you know, he kind of circles around you, uh, and they run a reverse. You get called up. I mean, you have to you have to be disciplined. You know, for the for the most part, when you're playing like a back in college when we were playing an option team, that was when you used the defense's aggressiveness against him, and you had to follow your rules. So. You know, someone was assigned to the fullback. Someone was assigned to the right tailback or left tailback. Someone had the quarterback. Everyone has their assignments and their rules they have to live by. But, I mean, when you when you use that, when you know how aggressive guys want to be, how fast they're going to run, then you can use that aggression against them. When you talk about uh, those keys, does that change from man-to-man defense to zone defense? No. No, not necessarily. It depends on what you're playing. I mean, man-to-man is easy. You're, you know, right. you got the man in front of you. Yes, um, you know, but I'm you, talking about like from the that, defensive player, like you're like you know like a lot the linebackers, the cornerbacks, the safety, all of that. Um, and and don't you usually have somebody that's like designated to? You just said key the fullback, key the halfback, key the you know. Yeah, if you're playing man to man defense, everyone the linebackers have a responsibility. Usually it's a back, or sometimes it can be a tight end. Right, depends on what you know what the formation is. But um, yeah, everyone has a responsibility. When you play zone, you're playing in an area. 
Right. You've got a certain area that you're supposed to take control of. Okay. So you and you want to when you're when you're playing zone uh, like man zone combinations, you can pass a man off as long as you know the the other guy is there to get him. You know, and, and get back in your area. So you can, people running your zone, you can pass them off until they get to the next zone, so you can get back in your area, or or you can just stay back and watch, watch the quarterback's eyes. Yeah, and you know, talking to quarterbacks, I forget who it was, but um, I mean, it might have been a coach talking about how you know in college when you line up in cover two, that's what you're running. In the NFL, a team might line up in cover one and run into cover two or vice versa. So Mm -hmm. even defensively, they're trying to get you to think one thing, but during the play, that's why this is such a high-level game in the NFL, the mental side of it, uh, to to try to get you to think that it's going to be this. Derek was talking about this yesterday. To to get you to think that that's where that cornerback is going to be or that's where he's rolling to when, in fact – it's the complete opposite, and you have to be, you know, uh, playing chess uh, with those defensive players. I mean, that mental side of football is is probably a lot more intricate than people assume. Well, it really, there's, it's really a whole lot is mental because you have to process information very quickly. And you know, to Derek's point, you know, sometimes I, I remember specifically last year's New England game. Derek got confused a number of times because he thought it was zone and they ended up playing man or a type of man and or vice versa. Um, so he was confused where he was going to go with the ball. And there's, you know, there's been times where the defense, you give defenses credit, they prepare, they, and they, if they can disguise things and be effective, it'll make the quarterback slow down and hold the ball a little bit longer. Uh, very similar to what the Raiders did the first time, the last time that they played the Chiefs last year in Kansas City. They, they disguised a lot. They even went to a point where they were rushing three, dropping eight, playing combo coverages on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which confused Patrick, made him hold on to the ball and try to throw, force the ball in some different places. So uh, you got to be sound on both sides of the ball, no matter which which way you're playing. Who's the best team in the NFL to you right now? Who's the best team in the NFL to me? Um, it's hard, isn't it? Shoot, I hate, to, I hate to say it. I mean, I haven't watched enough of the Cardinals, but they – I mean, they – They've had the luxury of a, a quarterback can run and get them out of trouble uh, a lot of times. They're playing some pretty good defense. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of their games. I Maybe maybe it's probably New England, as much as it pains me to say. <laughs> yeah, New England's looking – I mean, people are sleeping on the uh, on the Cardinals a little bit. I think they're 9-2. and two. Yeah, I don't nine. think they have only two losses, but um, I, I, I guess I was more surprised the, the way they had success in this division. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I didn't see the first time. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see them the first time the way they beat the Rams. And I know the Seahawks have had their troubles. But, yeah, this division, I thought this division would be a lot more competitive than it has for them in, in well, NFC West. And they've won games with Colt McCoy, for crying out loud, Yeah, uh, well, yeah at, at yeah. quarterback. You know, it's it's the Cardinals to me are interesting because I remember when Cliff Kingsbury uh, got that job. He had just got hired as the offensive coordinator at USC. Uh, actually, let's go to the Raider Nation listener line. David is on the line. Uh, how you doing, David? Good. Thanks, guys. Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. So, I was at the game on Sunday, um, but after listening to three, four days worth of radio callers, I feel like I need to double-check something with the experts here. There were two teams on the field that day, right? I think so. <laughs> okay, my point is, Everything I've heard all week is how the Raiders should have destroyed Washington. Uh, and I'm a Raider fan, by the way, so, you know, I'm not going to try and uh, pick up too much for Washington here. But I think a lot of us have forgotten that Washington was on a three-game win streak. They had held uh, Tom Brady to 19 points. They had held 
Russell Wilson, everybody's favorite to replace Carr in the offseason, to 15 points. Uh, now, now, the last five games, they've allowed an average of 17 points a game. So that was right about on pace with what the Raiders did against them. I think it's kind of unrealistic for everybody to think that, you know, the Raiders are going to go in and destroy this team that was another professional football team that got a lot of pride. Um, take it for what it is. We lost the game. We got outplayed. We had a couple of really, really awful penalties that went against us. Um, but the idea that the Raiders should just squash this team, um, independent of the fact that we had extra time and they were on a short week, I think it's a little short-sighted for most people. Yeah, um, I appreciate the call, uh, uh, David. And, and, you know, as somebody that covers the team, I have to, like, analyze and think about things prudently. I mean, like, with with just not with emotion. And and I'm with you. The Washington team came in and they were playing well. I I still think that the Raiders should have won that game, though. And, And I think that's what's frustrating to their fans is that if the Raiders play to the level that they've played at this year at various times this year, they should have beaten that team. And uh, all due respect to Washington, all due respect uh, to Heineke, their their young quarterback, uh, what Ron Rivera is doing and Jack Del Rio is doing. Um, the Raiders, from a man-to-man standpoint, I think are just the better football team than Washington football team. And, and that's what's frustrating for Raider fans, Lincoln, is, is the inconsistency with which they have played each and every game. It's just too much of a roller coaster ride right now. Well, you go out on, on a short week and you throw you know thirty three points up against a, a team in Dallas that was de- depleted, obviously or thirty seven or whatever the final score was, um, w- w- which was de- depleted. The Washington football team was depleted. They were playing without their their, their best safety. They were depleted. They were, their offensive line was in shambles um, uh, and had been. And I know they won three games, and I'm not taking any, at that point and hadn't taken anything away from them. But I just thought the Raiders were a better team, and what we saw in the Dallas game over Thanksgiving. Was you know we we fixed we fixed ourselves to see well they did this on a short week maybe they've got something a groove thing going you know you saw Deshaun Jackson a big part of the offense you saw Brian Edwards make plays I mean they were they were really aggressive on offense and they were scoring points and the defense was doing its job had a couple breakdowns here and there but the defense was doing their job you just you didn't see that you weren't going to expect that out of the Washington football team uh, and my biggest concern was how they were going to stop Gibson the running back. Because he had had, you know, had a big night when they played Seattle on the Monday night, and how, you know, how capable he was without their their backup, um, you know, number number forty one, it was going wasn't going to be in the game. They were depleted, and they, you know, the Raiders should have won. There's no doubt about it, the Raiders should have won. You weren't expecting them to struggle scoring the way they did. No one did. No one expected that, and so that was what was really disappointing. Yeah, and uh, it also it's also worth noting that both teams are six and six. Um, so. You know, as good as the, the Washington is playing right now, and they are and they are playing pretty well. Um, you know, they're they're no re- better record wise uh, than the Raiders, and everyone's kind of wringing their hands about the Raiders. But it's how one team got to six and six, and how another team kind of f- has fallen uh, to six and six. Here's what I will say though that uh, I, I I kind of admire about Washington right now is I feel like they've figured out a. Um, a recipe to win football games, uh, Lincoln, and that's with a sturdy run game, 
not putting too much on the shoulder of a young quarterback and playing good defense and and playing efficiently and clean. And you know, you're going to win your share of games by doing those fundamental things. Right now, the the Washington's averaging about. 1,500 yards uh, a, a game, on, or excuse me, they, they've run for uh, 1,500 yards on the ground. They're, they're averaging about 124 yards uh, per game. I like getting into this time of year when you can rely on a run game. I just feel like a lot of times having a run game uh, becomes the identity. And then you could do a lot of different things off of that run game. We talked yesterday about, well, what is the Raiders' identity? And, um, you know, you, you – it's a it's a pass team, right? That's that's I think that's what you uh, had had come up with, and I agree with you. Yep. But you know, is that the identity, or is that just kind of how they have to win football games by throwing it a lot? I don't think that that's what they want their identity to be. I guess is what I'm. They trying don't to say. want it to be, but they wanted. They've tried to run the ball. They're just not consistent. They can't do it consistent. Right. I mean, right. no one, no one, no, no one wants to be considered one dimensional. Yeah. You know, exactly. Washington, uh, Ron Rivera wants to control the ball, control the clock, because that gives them the best opportunity. And when they have time of possession and they're in their end, it puts pressure on the opposing offense. Because if you're going to score, sometimes you have to score quickly or and, and they, 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 they pride themselves on their defense, not being able to do it. What what fell apart in the Washington game was that there were times where they couldn't get off the field. More importantly, they could not capitalize when they had the ball on getting points. And made some big plays, got down in the area, but you know, then he came up short, had to settle for field goals and stuff like that, made it far more interesting than it needed to be, and they couldn't score. Uh, but their identity right now is what it is. It, 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 you, you can't change it. You can go out there and try to run as much as you can, and maybe you'll hit pay dirt you know, for a game. But understand this, the next opponent, they'll see those runs that you had success with, and they're going to try to stop them. Similar yeah. to the way the second time they, the, the Chiefs played the Raiders last year in Allegiant, when they came out after the bye, they knew what the Raiders were running and would have a success running. They took those runs away. You see yeah. what I'm saying? They 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 made you they made you change up, so you had to figure out something else. I mean, you look at you look at the Washington what Washington did with a gritty quarterback who inspired them to and made plays when he had to. A lot of his throws were high, but he made plays when he had to, and they, that, that's how they were able to score and keep uh, keep control of the game, keep the drives alive. So, um, you know, going forward. The Raiders are going to have to figure out how to create a pillar of consistency. It doesn't matter if they're running or throwing the ball. They got to get consistent. They got to score points. You're not going to beat the Chiefs kicking field goals. No, not at all. They've got to put the ball in the end zone, um, and I, I think they have to uh, maintain control of the ball. And I think part of the way to do that really is developing some sort of a ground game. And and I know you know there's there's been people like they got it. You know they don't run it well, so they have to basically just abandon it and just throw the throw the heck out of the ball. There's I mean, on, on paper, that sounds right. If that's what, if that's the best thing that you do, then just go ahead and do that. But man, I just don't see a lot of teams that are able to win a lot of games consistently just by doing one thing and just abandoning uh, the other thing. Um, it's just, it's, it's. There, there's defenses are too intricate. Defensive coordinators are too good. The pressure that they can apply, knowing that you're just going to be throwing the ball, uh, comes from all different areas. They're gonna, they're gonna hone in on that. Uh, and make you pay for for having to be like that, and I don't think it's a winnable um, formula. You know, uh, they, they have to be able to figure out a way to run the ball a little bit better uh, down the stretch. And I think if they can, if they can lift that part of their game a little bit, it's going to change a lot about this offense. And it's the 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 offense is going to be uh, more efficient and well rounded as a result. Can they? I don't know. You know, it's it's they haven't been able to. And that, that's that's worrisome. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Mondo is on the line. How you doing, Mondo? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, yeah, I mean, I think 
I think the team's not going to all of a sudden learn how to run, you know, with the O-line that they got. That's why, to me, I called earlier this week and said, hey, you got to play Mariota. And that is instant run. It's going to change the way the defense plays, you guys. And then it opens up everything. And it's, like, to me, Derek Carr's like running on the treadmill without your favorite song. You know, you're just doing it. It's work. But if all of a sudden your favorite song comes on, you find, like, some kind of, like, fifth gear. You know, you got extra juice. And, like, with Mariota, you know, he can maybe, you know, yeah, okay, maybe he's not that best in accuracy. But he's going to change the belief in other players because it's something new, right? We already know what Carr could do. This is three years straight where there's a decent record, and then we just do a nosedive. And the other day you interviewed, I think it was you that interviewed Malcolm Kuntz, and you said, hey, who's, who's like speaking up in the locker room? Didn't mention Carr. Everybody else didn't say Carr. If you're a leader of the team, you got to speak up. I don't see him grabbing the reins of the, of the franchise and taking us to the playoffs. I'd rather see Mariota play the rest of the year and not make the playoffs than go to the playoffs with Carr and then like lose the first game. I you know um, I hear you, Mondo. That's uh, the wildest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you got to you 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 want to go to the playoffs. Period. Exclamation point. I if you don't like Derek Carr, that's fine, and everyone has a, a right to their opinion and their beliefs. Uh, but because you don't like because you it just sounds like you're down on Derek Carr and you're done with Derek Carr. To say that you'd rather play the rest of the season and not make the playoffs with Marcus Mariota than make the playoffs with Derek Carr. Um, yeah, there's you're not gonna. You're, that's that's I, I don't know. I just don't understand that thinking. And furthermore, you know, with Malcolm Kuntz, the really the question was um, defensively. He's over on the defensive side of the uh, of the football, and there's leaders on defense, there's leaders on offense. Trust me when I say, when it comes to the overall team, Derek Carr is uh, one of, if not the leader uh, of the team. I talk to these guys, and I understand that, and, and I know that, and I know Malcolm was, you know, bringing up players that he his positional group, guys like Max Crosby, guys like Yannick Ngakwe. Of course, he's going to listen to those guys. That's where he wants to get to. He's a guy that's trying to make his mark uh, in the NFL. But when it comes to team leaders, and I'll, I'll bring up something that happened today with, you know, KJ Wright was saying that. Um, you know, normally, right before practice, Derek Carr gather, gathers the team, they circle around him, and he has the message of the day before they go out to uh, to practice and, um, you know, on the field after their stretches and all that. Uh, but K.J. Wright basically said, hey, can I, can I talk today? Because he said, as K.J. told us today, um, he had something on his heart. He felt like, you know, some uh, uh, other power put something on his heart that he had to express to the team. But guess who he asked to do that from? Derek Carr, the leader of this team, and Derek said, "Yeah, you go for it today, man. Uh, you know the uh, the floor is yours. Say what you got to say." Uh, that leadership goes through Derek Carr. There's definitely other leaders on this team, but um, because Malcolm Coons didn't bring him up, uh, I, I think that's a mistake to think that Derek's not uh, the, the leader of this team. And I, I I just don't understand any kind of thinking that doesn't put your team in the playoffs. Uh, that's the goal. That's the objective. That's where they want to be because anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. Man, uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You know, I try not to think about it. I try to, you know, keep the same 
pursuit and relent, uh, relentlessness that I always have. So, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've gotten a couple this year um, where I thought I would be fine and then I didn't get fine because they watched the re replay. So it's just like kind of in the moment I feel like, you know, the ref just has to make a decision. So, you know, it's a part of the game. Um, just got to be, you know, I just don't want to hurt hurt the team. That's, that's what bothers me. Um, I'm playing fast, trying to, you know, we're trying to get off the field. It's third and ten. And I hit the quarterback, which is my job, and I get a penalty. So that's that's what hurt me. You know, that's just a part of the game. You know, it's it's, it's tough. The game has definitely changed a lot, and you know, we just gotta do a better job adjusting. That was Max Crosby, uh, the Raiders' defensive end, when I was uh, asking him yesterday about some of these penalties, uh, Lincoln. And I want to get into that. Um, I'm actually working on a story about this right now. In in terms of. Some, the way some of these th rules are written, Lincoln, and how I think – I know the intention is good. There's no doubt about it. They want to eliminate injuries, you know, and, and that's a noble thing. I get it from the NFL's perspective, especially when it comes to the targeting uh, penalties where, you know, it kind of got away fr um, from the original attempt a few years ago where players were starting to use their helmet as a weapon. That was never really the case in football. I, I'm pretty sure when you grew up playing football, that wasn't what was taught. Uh, but it almost felt like there was a false sense of security from some players because they have a helmet. They feel like they're protected. And so the the crown of the helmet and the helmet started becoming more and more prevalent. They had to get that out of the game. I understand that. There were concussions. There were a lot of things that were going on. Um, but some of these rules, Lincoln, and I'm pointing directly to uh, the Max Crosby penalty where his weight fell on uh, the quarterback after making a nice sack a, a pretty it was a it was a big play too uh, and the quarterback's falling backwards and Max Crosby the defensive player is falling forward with the quarterback and you know all you have to do is be it's just common sense that he's going to fall on top of him at that point you know it, i just think that some of these rules are asking too much of these defensive players at the last second to all of a sudden i don't know where are they supposed to do in that in, it, like we're talking about split second guys moving super super fast what is he supposed to do and if you watch that play lincoln he spreads his arms out to try to uh, mitigate the weight going on to the player cuz it was he knew it was the way that Heineke fell it, it, that, that that really warranted the penalty because it was like it was almost looked like a body slam the way he fell. Now look, I don't which it wasn't agree right. With the rule. It, it wasn't. Uh, right. No, it wasn't. I mean, I don't I don't always agree with the rule, but I know when they when they enforced this rule a few when they first started forcing this rule. Um, oh gosh, what was the linebacker's name at Green Bay? The, 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 the Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews that was, was uh, talking about trying to sack a quarterback and he's trying to lay him down gracefully. You know what I mean? It's, that's in essence that's what you want to do. You want to get a pillow, don't, don't hit him that hard. I, I I know the intention of the rule and I know that it's not it's not always uh, you know um, judged fairly. But the defensive players have got to understand they're going to protect the quarterback. They're going to protect the quarterback, even if he has the ball, even if you sack him, the way you can sack, sack him can get a penalty. So you have to understand that. And I understand it's high intensity, you want full speed. There are a lot of rules that are in place that really handcuff the defense from performing, even in the secondary or, or just, you know, around the general line of scrimmage with the quarterback. But they are going to protect the quarterback. And you have to understand that. And it's not... I didn't agree with the call. I didn't agree with the call on Max Crosby in, the, in this past game. Um, but there were other times, you know, like the one that happened a couple weeks ago with Ngakwe when he pushed the guy with two hands. 
that's going to get called. Of course, that, push that, the quarterback. that you know, uh, I completely agree with that because that's the penalty that you like. You just can't yeah. do that. Um, you can't I, touch them. And I, so, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that these type of penalties have extended drives. But more importantly, when you have the control, now that's one that you will toss up and say, you know, it wasn't right. It was it was a bad call. But when you have control, there are things that you can't control. Things that, um, you know, the mental errors, jumping off sides, um, yeah. stuff like that. You know, that's, those are controllable penalties, and those are ones that you should not be doing. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Uh, and, and I'm completely with you. Uh, and this is more of a bigger picture NFL thing rather than strictly the Raiders uh, because Raiders, I, think right. that, mm-hmm. I think that – and I've talked to Aaron Donald about this uh, when I was covering the Rams. Like, in his head, there are times where he's thinking about, man, how do I – you know, do I slow up a little bit? Do I, you know, you, you know, because you, you're worried about getting the 15 yard penalty when you're just doing yeah. your job and you're not trying to hurt anybody, uh, but you're literally thinking about that. And and here's my thing: nowadays, there's there's quarterbacks that are big and strong too. Like like uh, uh, you know, Heineke is not a small guy. Um, there are very few quarterbacks that are, and even some of the smaller guys, like a Kyler Murray, is elusive and strong and powerful. Um, and so if you're a defensive player, Lincoln, and you're thinking about not being overly aggressive to get a guy to the ground, you're opening yourself up for the, the, the quarterback to escape your grasp and go make a big play. We've seen that, too, where a guy, where a quarterback uh, all of a sudden breaks out of the, uh, the, the hands or arms of a tackler, uh, you know, a guy that's trying to sack him, and then, you know, races down the, the field for 20 yards. Those are killer plays in itself. But some of those times, some of those defensive players are, are playing according to the rules rather than their instincts and letting up just enough for a quarterback to be able to break through. I don't think that's fair necessarily. And here's uh, Max Crosby talking about slowing down maybe, when, you know, when, when you're approaching a quarterback. I try to play the game the right way. Um, I think there's a a certain way the game should be played, and I'm always play that way. So no matter if I'm getting held, no matter if it's you know whatever it is, I'm always you know be talking to the refs, and I always try to keep that line of communication honest. And if it sounds you know a little bit <laughs> aggressive or coming off a little bit raw, then it is what it is. And if it's the other way, it's the other way, but I just try to keep it real. And a lot of the refs, you know, they, you know, they have their different opinions on certain things. So it's it's really just a part of the game. You know, you can't really overanalyze it. Um, as a D lineman, you're going to get held. That's a part of the game. Uh, they can't call a hold every single play. Um, there's others that are more, you know, you would think would be a penalty, but that's a part of the game. You know, you can't worry about what the refs are going to call and what, you know, what they are going to call. So it's just something you got to adjust to, you know, it's, it's a part of it. Um, that was actually Max talking about talking to referees to try to kind of get some kind of an explanation uh, on, on, on the penalties because it can get frustrating. And Lincoln, I'm saying all this because I want to bring something up to you. I don't know if we talked about this and we may have, but did you see the, the uh, pit game, um, the ACC championship game on Saturday with Pitt against Wake Forest? No, I didn't. Okay. So, Here's where I'm kind of going with all this. And I actually talked to um, or asked uh, Gus Bradley about this, and he saw this, and, and he kind of had a big laugh about it today. Uh, and, and it wasn't a, a laugh like funny, funny. It was a laugh like this could end up costing uh, an NFL defense. Here's what happened. All right, so the Pitt quarterback uh, who's going to be in the NFL, great young talent, and he actually – what he did was smart, all right, but I think it's unfair. So he's running down the field, all right, and you know – when when a quarterback starts feeling like okay, I'm I'm kind of running out of real estate, I'm going to get hit here in a second. What do they do? You slide, right? 
Right. Okay, and what happens when a quarterback slides, Lincoln? What, uh, is, what is the they, defensive they, player they, supposed to do? You're supposed to lay, let him, uh, lay up and not hit him. Exactly. All right, so the, the pit quarterback, smartly, although I, f- I feel like this has got to get and take care of like ASAP, he fakes the slide, Lincoln. And so the three defensive players that were converging on him lay up, just like you said, just like they're taught, just like they're supposed to do. And the pit quarterback doesn't slide. He's, he makes his body like he's going to slide, causing the defensive players to lay up, and then he just, boom, gets right. He never hits the ground or anything like that, stands straight back up, runs for a – I think he might have run for a touchdown, He like another 40 yards or so. So he used the rule to his advantage. Uh, are you following kind of what, what – Yeah, I what, know what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, – which is like – you know, and I asked Gus Bradley, I go, were you watching that game? He goes, yeah, I saw that. He goes, and, and the first thought that he had was, oh, boy, it's on now. Because that could theoretically, in a big game, be something that a quarterback does to be able to you know, get, your, get the defense to think that he's going to slide and then let you make force you to lay up and then run right past you. Like there's no way that the referees – there's no penalty for that right now, but there should be if 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 that you can't do that. And I, I'm afraid, just as I said, guys are kind of laying up sometimes when they get to quarterbacks because they don't want to get called called for, like you said, the the linebacker from the Green Bay Packers. What happened mm-hmm. to Max Crosby uh, on Sunday? Where you're going to let up, and that's going to allow the quarterback to be able to escape a little bit easier, or what that pick quarterback did, which was use the the the, the penalty. To his benefit, you can't let that happen. But I, I don't know how it's not going to happen at this point now. Well, here's the thing: if that's it's it's similar to what I said about the RPO on this on the on on this this level, the pro level. I would assign. I would tell my defensive end whenever you're free and you're going to you have to make a decision. I would tell you to go straight for the quarterback and lay his ass out. And you it, because you could symbol you could. You can make the argument with the whole RPO action, he's a runner. He's not a quarterback. Hit the quarterback every time. And that will deter offensive coordinators from calling that play, giving that option anymore. You see what I'm saying? So to your point, when it comes – when it's talking, you know they're going to protect quarterbacks and, and, you know, he could fake like he's going down, what do you do? I would say, you know, start teaching the guys, make sure he goes down. And if he doesn't go down, then you hit him. Even though you're supposed to let up, make sure he goes down and you hear the whistle. Tag him, touch him with two hands. You don't have to forcefully touch them, but I mean that's the only thing you can do because if they if it happens on this level, they'll obviously change the rule. They'll address the rule. Uh, the NFL will if it, if it becomes a problem. You see more quarterbacks doing it on this level. I just don't know if that's going to happen because most of these quarterbacks don't want to take those hits. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I I agree with you, but uh, I I here's the here's the danger of it. Um, and you know we're we're talking hypothetically, but. If a guy from college can figure it out, a guy in the NFL can figure it out, and until they change that rule, which that takes sometimes a long time, somebody might take advantage of that in a key situation. That's what Gus was talking yep. about today. Like yeah, that could yeah. theoretically um, happen. And I'm with you when a quarterback is on, is is doing, um, you know, like you said, a, a, a RPO. Um, you have to be able to, as a defense, then treat him just like any other guy that has the ball in his hands. Absolutely. No, you know what I'm saying? Like when yep. when I played high school football uh, defensively, and you know uh, back then there was there was more of uh, option uh, offenses and things like that. One of the things that we were we, I remember we were playing a, a really good quarterback. Okay, a great option quarterback, and our whole 
one of our the principal part of our defensive game plan was whether he has the ball or doesn't hit him as hard as you can like absolutely at, whether he gets rid of it or or holds it just keep pounding him and pounding That's exactly him exactly right i know it sounds cruel now but but that was that's what you did so that you sort of – you make him think twice about it, number one, and then you wear him out, number two. And that's what they used to do to Jim Brown, whether he had the ball or not. Just go hit him, hit him, hit mm-hmm. him. So that by the mm-hmm. third, fourth quarter, you know, he's feeling it a little bit. But, but you know, you're not – the way quarterbacks are, are, are treated now, you're not allowed to do it. And what, what kind of sucks about that a little bit is that – and we saw Ken, – I don't know if you saw Kenyon Drake's uh, post on Sunday night – um, uh, and if, if not, I'll explain what it was. But but he shed light on that. He got hurt on a tackle which he feels the NFL should be looking at. And he said, hey, NFL, you know, um, take a look at this play. And it was kind of graphic because, because we saw his ankle get broke. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, you know, we're, we're protecting all these other players, but how about us, our, our, the running back? Right. Look how I'm getting tackled right here. And we, it, there's, there's so much emphasis on the quarterback and very little on everybody else um, w- w- running the ball wise. It's just not fair necessarily. And I'm with you, Lincoln. If you're gonna, if if, if it's an RPO offense, you know, uh, and and you're whoever the quarterback, Justin Herbert, whatever, whoever you are, um, if that's the offense that you're gonna run, that that defense ought to have a right to be able to be physical with that quarterback because. That's yeah, but again, the, 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 I hear out, what right? you're saying, and I understand your gripe. But the, the fact is, is that the the NFL doesn't want the defense to succeed as much as people think. They want they want to see scoring. They don't want to see dominant defenses because dominant defenses they don't feel put people in the seats. I agree. They want to see scoring. That's why they. That's why the 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 ones that they pick up and they 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 spotlight all the time are the quarterbacks. Yeah, they want to showcase the quarterback. Right, and exactly, and they also don't want to have to be seeing a bunch of backup quarterbacks playing because that goes to your point. Number one, they're the stars. Number two, that that affects that could affect scoring. So they're going to protect the quarterback, um, you know, uh, as much as possible. But I don't know when 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 a quarterback can use it to his advantage the way the pit quarterback did, and smart on him. I'm not blaming him because you just take advantage of. Of, of what's available, but if that starts getting out, <laughs> things might have to change uh, in a hurry. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Hey, Lincoln, yes? how are the Raiders going to go to Kansas City and win a football game Sunday? How? <laughs> well, first of all, they, they've, they've got to execute a whole lot better than they did in this last game, um, whatever the game plan is. Um and, and the thing is, is that they're going to have to take advantage of, you have to have big plays, obviously take advantage of this defense. This defense is sound, but it's got its own, it's own the people that they can exploit. Um, they, they, they've got to have balance, but they've got to be, it's got to be critical that they get uh, efficiency on third down and convert drives. So um, the big thing is, is that they are going to have to try to run the ball, establish a run. But more importantly, the offensive lines is going to have to play a whole lot better than it did. The offensive line is going to have to play better. Um, 
you know, and and we, we we talked about it earlier this week from left to right. Um, there's there's still players that have a future. You know what I'm saying? Like there's 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 an offensive line to work with there. Um, you know, when you're talking about Colton Miller and, and John Simpson and Andre James and and Alex Leatherwood, I think that you know we'll see what happens at right tackle. Uh, Brandon Parker, as we've talked about, maybe he's just better suited to be a, a swing tackle. You know, those are those are questions. Um, for the off season, uh, and and they'll get to that when they have to get to that. But um, running the ball, you know, uh, they're down Kenyon Drake now. Um, how do they come up with uh, an answer to to uh, fill his role? That's going to be tough. They got to get Jalen Richard back, obviously, to help out on third downs. Uh, more importantly, but they, it's going to be up to Peyton Barber. Uh, you got to. I mean, there's nothing you can do. The injuries are a part of the game. You got to stick with what you have. It was good to have running back by committee, but to the fortune of the Raiders, this has basically been the healthiest Josh Jacobs has been any time this this time of year uh, in his career. So they can they 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 don't have to worry about you know him being as banged up as he's been in years past. So that's that's a that's that's fortunate for him. They're going to have to rely on him. Uh, when, Jacobs can't afford to, to run the wrong way or do that. He's going to have to execute when he's in there, but. You know, you you got to play with your roster. There's no there's no guys that are just sitting around waiting to come up. That's the reason why you have a practice squad, and that's why you know they got a number of no, notable vet, veterans. They got to be better on defense when they play the Chiefs than they were the last time. Um, can't be giving up. And as you mentioned, yards after the catch, uh, when somebody um, gets a ball in front of you, you got to be able to tackle them, bring them down. Can't have them running wild in the secondary. So there's a lot of things they have to clean up. And on you know, and, and it's it's going to be tough. Like I said, they put themselves in a corner. Um, you know, with the six losses now, they, they this is to me every game from this and one and out has to be has to be won because they're playing AFC opponents and and and, and their divisional opponents. Lincoln, um, Deshaun Jackson had uh, over forty snaps against uh, the Dallas Cowboys in a in a great effort uh, by the by the Dallas Cowboys offense. Uh, looks like he you know had a little bit of a calf uh, situation. Uh, Might have been as a result of that. He told us um, you know last week that it'd been a long time since he played 41 snaps. You know he's getting up there in age. Um, so you have to you know monitor and manage those snaps a little bit better. The next game last week, 21 snaps. Um, and he was obviously far less uh, effective in those 21 snaps. But to whatever degree of snaps Deshaun Jackson gets on Sunday, how do they maximize however long he's on the field? Call plays specifically designed to get him open. And if he's not open, have a, you know a, a, a tangible backup or something that you can do, alternative. Uh, the thing is, is that the, as open as he was in the Dallas game, when they played the Washington football team, I noticed they took they had a safety over the top. Every time number one was on the field, there was a safety that was over the top, that was running with him, no matter what his routes were. Well, now you've got to do, you've got Zay Jones, you've got other receivers you can use, and whether you put you know, Hunter Renfro in the position, um, you've got weapons. You have to utilize all of them. So Derek's got to be mind, mindful that, you know, there are other guys that are playing on the team, and obviously when Deshaun's out there, if they're paying a whole lot of attention to Deshaun, somebody else has got to be open. And you got to be able to talk with Greg Olson, call what they see upstairs, Johnny Morton and those guys, what they see upstairs, and say, you know, let's figure it out. But, you know, they have weapons on offense. They just have to know how to use them. I like what um, some of what they, the Raiders did when Zay and Deshaun were on the field together. I think when you can get that kind of speed on both sides of the field, or sometimes working out of a bunch, um, you know, formation where you're kind of confusing 
the defense and the defensive backs where who's going to go, you know, who's going to go where. Uh, I liked that concept, um, and maybe that's something that they can look uh, more into. I know that gets Brian uh, Edwards off the field sometimes. Sometimes it's Hunter Renfro who comes off the field, um, uh, or sometimes it's just one tight end rather than you know the the two tight ends. Uh, but there has to be a way that they can try to maximize both of those players' speed at the same time. Well, they got to have protection, and a lot that's- of times they they give up they give up a lot because they have to go max protection and stuff like that, or. Or Derek doesn't feel comfortable enough with the, the offensive line to, to be able to look down the field or survey down the field to let routes develop. All that has to happen. You, know, have, you have to be aggressive. Again, you have to control the clock when you're playing against the Chiefs. You got to and also put points on the board. And it's not field goals. You got to you got to score touchdowns. Hey, speaking of field goals, before we go, you know, we, we opened up the show talking about, you know, Carlson getting his contract and how he's released from um, uh, Minnesota. And I'm watching the Minnesota Pittsburgh game, and their kicker has already missed one field goal and one extra point. So I know Zimmer's even mad. Gosh, I mean, (laughs) you know, it wouldn't have been so bad, Lincoln. Honestly, if if it was like a a a rookie free agent that they you know had just signed as an undrafted free agent, they literally gave up two draft picks. Um, to trade up in the fifth round. I know it's just a fifth round pick, but but you know when you get drafted nowadays, now with seven rounds, it used to be 12, 13 rounds. Uh, when you're talking about a late round pick in the fifth round, those are still players that can contribute, especially as a kicker, and just to give up after two games. Well, most mo- yeah, well most most people don't most teams don't want to draft a kicker any higher than the fourth or fifth round. So you know that's that that's that's uh, the the. the part where you know you give up you lose a pick and and, you, and it doesn't work out but hey their loss is our game yep exactly lincoln kennedy i will see you in kansas city uh have a great trip pack a jacket. Uh, out there pack a jacket I, I am definitely packing the jacket <laughs> without question uh and i'm packing um you know some some room for some barbecue too by the way uh so uh, i'm just throwing that out there thank you for everything that you do look forward to getting with you next week uh and getting your thoughts on whatever happens uh, over at arrowhead stadium tomorrow i'll be at the uh, treasure island hotel or excuse me i will be actually be in kansas city uh but uh q is going to be at the at the treasure island i'm doing the show from kansas city tomorrow uh q will be locking it down uh over at the treasure island i think he starts at one o'clock tomorrow all the way uh to six o'clock so long day for our good friend q uh he'll be uh uh, co-piloting uh, tomorrow on In the Huddle. Looking forward to that. Always enjoy talking to Q. Uh, thank you to all the callers. Uh, thank you to all the listeners. You're why we do this. It's been a pleasure and a privilege uh, to do this and to get to know all the Raider fans and talk to you guys. Uh, even when you're bringing it in a, uh, in a in a crazy kind of way, it's all love. Y'all know that. Just keep it clean. No cussing uh, on the on the uh, on the air. Okay, let's just make that rule right here, right now. Uh, I will talk to you tomorrow, four to six p.m. In the Huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. See you guys out tomorrow.